Hello, and welcome to Via Africa's Teaching in the Fourth Industrial Revolution podcast, where I, Michael Goodman, get to talk about three things that really excite me teaching, learning, and the Fourth Industrial Revolution. As we continue in our COVID 19 lockdown, schools and teachers are having to come up with new ways of teaching and learning. And I thought it would be quite useful to chat to four teachers who are currently using all sorts of methods to be able to reach their learners. I wanted to know what their thinking about it was, what their experiences were, how they were feeling about it, and exactly what they were doing. The podcast was recorded using people from across the country, and so I'm going to apologize immediately for the problems in sound that occur here and there. It was unavoidable as people were all calling in via Zoom from different locations with different bandwidths. But I'm sure that you're going to find there's a lot to be learned from what they have to say. Thank you again, everybody, for agreeing to participate. What I'd like to do, first of all, is ask you to each just introduce yourself, say what subject you teach, what grades you teach. Hi, my name is Catherine and I teach English. Uh, at the moment, I'm teaching grade nines and grade twelves. Okay, I'm Kim McGregor. I teach life orientation I'm to, from grades eight to twelve. So the entire school. Yeah, the whole, she teaches pretty much the whole school. <laughs> 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 Yay, for me! Yay. <laughs> so I'm Katie and I teach geography. I teach grade nine through twelve. I'm Catherine. I teach currently grade 11s and 12s, life sciences. Okay, so from here on out, whoever wants to chip in, what was the level of your tech use before the COVID-19 lockdown? I, I think it was quite limited. Um, I mean, yes, used smart boards, but that's pretty much it. Um, obviously, we've, we, do, we use um, the iPad quite a, a bit. Um, so the, the kids, um, their textbooks and notes and everything tends to be um, all digitized. We, we are quite lucky in that we started an iPad rollout at our school probably four or five years ago, five years ago. Okay. And um, most, if not all, the students have their own devices and teachers are always an interesting one because even though we do have all the tech and all the the hardware and I think we were faced with a situation where okay we've got all the stuff now we need to make the best use of it um so we were all pretty much on different tech ability levels um for me I have never really been an iPad fan or fundi I've always worked on on laptop so to get into the iPad zone uh, almost like overnight yeah. was 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 what we needed to do because that's how we would be communicating with the with the students because they're all on iPad. Okay. Yeah. You're talking about iPad, but what on the iPad? What okay. Apps? So we are Microsoft School. Okay. So we use Microsoft apps. So. Uh, Teams was a, a, a biggie for us to use as well as um, forms and all this, the, the, the apps that go with it. So the Microsoft Suite was, is what mm. we, we went with. Okay. 
And for other people, what would you say your, what was your uh, relationship to all of that? Well, I mean, for me, I mean, this is the first job that I had and I basically came out of university. And, um, so I was very comfortable coming in on iPads because I'd had an iPad before I started working. And I think it's made it a lot easier for me than it has been for other people. Mm. Um, just in terms of the iPads functionality, I'm a lot more um, uh, familiar with it. Marge, that's quite an auspicious day. That's the first day somebody <laughs> is diagnosed in South Africa with COVID-19. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Tell me about okay. your technology use on March the 5th. What did the classroom look like? Mine was actually quite exciting. My grade 11s are currently doing um, microorganisms and they're learning all about viruses. So it was great because we actually had uh, a few girls in the class going onto different websites and getting the counts of how many people with coronavirus. Then we wanted to watch a clip out of Contagion because we wanted to see if the, if the, the whole... Um, epidemiology of the disease is the same. It was actually quite, for that particular day, if it was the first day, I remember that thing quite, um, it was quite amazing because we actually had all the technology at our fingertips that we could go and look up. So we could go and YouTube contagion. Mm. We could go on worldometer.com. We could, it was really quite exciting. You know, 10 years ago, we wouldn't have been able to do that. My class started off a bit quiet. I was quite worried at the beginning. Um, I think, I don't know if it was just grade 12 hysteria that they were all worrying about, are we going to matriculate, our matric dance is cancelled, whatever. That, I struggled with that at the beginning because I felt like I was generating all these things online and posting messages and trying to get going and I didn't really get a lot of feedback. And I mm. thought that was quite interesting because, I mean, the, the, the students are on their phones and on their devices all the time. And I didn't get any kind of okay, we're here, we're ready, let's go, let's do this. I was a little bit worried at the beginning, but it did pick up a little bit of momentum. I found myself having to go onto the class WhatsApp group uh, to say, are you getting the stuff? Are you okay? Are you feeling nervous? Don't worry. Um, so there was a kind of reassurance that I needed to do, build quite a lot in the beginning, because um, I did feel that it was quite, for me, it was, it was quite quiet um, to start off with. Okay. But uh, Catherine, are you talking about once lockdown set in or just like those ordinary days beforehand? Well, that was those ordinary days where we, we hadn't, the lockdown hadn't started, but we were already at home. We were doing the social distancing, weren't we? I can't even remember what day. No, not on the 5th. No. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) See, it's blurred into this. Everything is blurred. (laughs) <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, I can't even remember what day we started when it was just, yeah. and, and that was the, the, the difficult part is to just get dropped into the deep end and just go. Yeah. So 2020, the longest decade of my life. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a typical, uh, the, that typical day for me, I, I still remember the, I also had matrix on the day and um, they were obviously frantic Luckily, um, our, our cat that has been set for um, this term, or at least this year for the grade 12s, it's on modernization. And so we looked into um, how this virus could actually um, affect those that are being marginalized, uh, particularly uh, the poor, yeah. um, particularly the young children. Unfortunately, we only had an hour, so we didn't get really into it. 
Um, but I, I also think that this my subject, life orientation, use electronics, but quite minimal, minimalistic. Um, because we, I, I tend to more gauge with conversation. And if we, do, if I do use technology, it would be a video or I'll uh, uh, bring up um, a newspaper article that's now online. In terms of technology and, and using technology, um, it is minimal, but a normal day would be the use of a smart board or my, the Apple TV um, and connect my iPad to, yeah, to the smart board. Yeah. Quite interesting is that uh, you're speaking about the life orientation class and how technology wasn't the biggest role player there. Lots of discussion right now is going on around sort of that connection that we're keeping and how technology is maintaining that. And, and yes. how, how would you say that sort of the life orientation aspect or the, the wellness aspect of your learners, how are you able to yeah. continue that with technology now? And I think it's sort of almost turning in at the deep end, if I can put it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, really difficult um, because, I mean, even like now, we are, what, five people and um, conversation can't necessarily happen flowingly. And, mm-hmm. and also, um, a lot of, of the message, a, a child can say, okay, yes, I'm fine, or yes, I get it. Um, but if you can't physically see them, mm-hmm. It's, it's really it's hard to engage if they're actually getting it. And sometimes with the person that sits at the back of the class and doesn't say a word, they, mm. they're not going to be saying a word either on um, these video chat. Also, we struggled with some girls not being able to download. Navigator. So it, it, it was a struggle. And it still is a struggle for that personal connection. Yeah. I mean, it's really nice to have them yeah. to see my colleagues now. I, I still, I, I lose, and particularly with life orientation, it is about that more of the human contact and human uh, aspect of the subject, which is now being lost. So just to continue then with the learners, now you've, you guys are on holiday, but you did have a good like six or seven days, I think at least before the holidays kicked in, where you were teaching. Won't, uh, let's start with Catherine. Describe a lesson. Is there a lesson? <laughs> what's happening? How have you timetabled the day? What's... What's that? What happened? Uh, so what I did was we had to, we decided that for the senior grades, um, we'd have, and for the, the learning, I know languages are slightly different um, and maths, uh, but we'd have four lessons a week. Um, and so what we tried to do is upload those by the Sunday. Um, and then, so we'd have lesson one, two, three, four. And then what we'd do is we'd have, I'd do a little video because um, with life sciences, it's also a bit tricky. It's not something where you can just say, it's one of the things I did find difficult. You can't just say, we, we, with matrix, for example, we're doing genetics and I needed to show them how to do genetic crosses and planet diagrams and that kind of thing. So I made a little video um, and then uploaded that. And then, um, then they were given an activity to do. And the, so we had to create the assignment for them. And then they, that was basically like the exit ticket from the, from the lesson. But we'd have to give them a few, you know, we, we were very conscious of the, the fact that not everybody could be online at the same time and complete their lesson at from eight o'clock to nine o'clock. So you have to be quite relaxed in that point, you know, by that point of view, they're saying, you know, as long as you finish this by the 30th of April, I mean, 30th of March, we're happy. Um, and then you could check and see and review and, and see who went through. The one thing that really was tricky was the, the fact that um, 
you know, and I, and I, and I understand we are a school of privilege. We, we've got, we do have learners of all different backgrounds, but if anything, this has highlighted the discrepancy between the, the haves and the have nots. And it, it's just made, it's made those gaps even wider. Yeah. So yes, you had the complaints about data and absolutely um, rightly so. Um, but on a whole, they generally managed to all finish it. But I know that for quite a few families, it was a stretch because I know that my grade 12 lesson was not the only lesson going on in the house. Yes, we do. That there was a grade 8 or a grade 7 that was having to use the same laptop and dad and, and that kind of thing. So um, that became quite tricky. So I had to drop my expectations of what level I wanted. But on a whole, I was really quite impressed with what they managed to produce. And, and, and they really worked hard. I think they've taken this very, very seriously and I'm very proud of them. They really have worked incredibly hard. Yeah. Thank you. Kaylee? So for me, to be honest, my teaching style has changed very little between <laughs> a normal class and this because it hasn't really changed. I mean, when I was in a, you know, in a normal class, I'd be using my iPad and I'd be using Apple TV and I'd be going through my notes on my, on my iPad and I'd be going through on the, on, the, on the board behind me and I'd be filling in and the kids would be filling in with me. Um, I mean, the main aspect that's changed with me, as you know, as Kat said, is is interaction with kids, and it's it's difficult. Like it's difficult in all subjects, but in a subject like geography, where often you're dealing with quite controversial cho uh, topics or topics that could really get get a good discussion going, it's hard not to have those discussions. And hard because I feel like one of the things that I love about my my job is that I get to hear a load of different opinions from kids also like one of the big parts of my job is to temper that discussion and make sure that you know it's a constructive dis discussion and that I mean my teaching style has changed very little in terms of how I actually deliver the lesson obviously you know we're not having conversations but um I was just sitting screen recording my iPad um as a video moving through apps if I wanted to show them something on Google Earth or I wanted to show them a specific website you know, that was screen recorded and they would pick it up as a video. And then if they wanted to look um, at that Google Earth again, they can do it on their own iPads, you know, at home. Yeah, we've definitely had some struggles with, with data. One of my matrics, she kept replying to emails or sending me emails at three in the morning. And eventually I asked her, you know, what do you, why are you up so late? And she says that the data is cheaper at night and it's faster at night so she basically sleeps through the day and then works through the night so i think it's been yeah it's been a, a big adjustment for some kids I think the kids also really haven't been faced i've had a couple of kids say to me that they they love this way of learning i don't know if they're gonna love it if it's extended for another three weeks Catherine, um i i, I mine, for me it was a bit different i actually didn't like kind of what it did to my teaching in that it's it boxed me a little bit um i found myself really going back to those varsity days of okay mm. what is my lesson objective yeah. Yeah. how long is this going to take to quantifying mm. every step um that for me i didn't really enjoy but i think on the flip side of the coin is it made me a bit more conscious of my teaching again um because i think it, you just for example when you're teaching a novel in in languages it's all just a blurred situation where you don't really have an outcome or a purpose for every hour that you have so because we were limited in terms of uh, for languages we had four hours a week uh, that we had to upload 
And for me, the tricky thing was in order to make sure that the, the kids were doing the work or, or engaging with the, the material, we had to attach not necessarily an assessment, but an assessment, if you want to call it that, a little checkpoint task. And it became quite prep heavy in the beginning, making the lesson, attaching some kind of activity and a checkpoint or, or, or assessment and then the memo or the self-marking memo or however it was going to work. So at the beginning of the process, I, for my teaching, I really, it slowed me down. It, it boxed me. I felt a little bit robotic in my approach, but it needed to happen that way. I think because we need, we had only had a set amount of time. We had to have uh, evidence that the kids were doing the work for parents who were concerned that they were not going to, that they were going to fall behind, particularly for the senior kids. Um, so yeah, that was my experience in the beginning. Yeah, you raised something I was going to ask before I asked Kim about her experience. I know your school well in terms of very heavy parental involvement. Yes. How the parents responded to all of this drama? Well, I think positively, um, definitely all, all, all on board. Um, to the extent that we were even asked to send uh, like work plans out so that parents could check the work plans, what needed to be done by when, and they could be part of the process. Okay. So generally, very positively. Kim, you, your, your experience. My experience, um, again, it was really, it was hard at first. Luckily also, um, the, the book that I use, or the textbook, we don't call it a textbook, it's a, it's a workbook really. It's quite interactive, which is really nice, which, which also allows um, the kids to be able to just click a link and there's a video to explain and stuff. So I didn't necessarily have to, or I chose not to record myself. I did one video and I was like, oh, do I really sound like that? <laughs> no, I'm not doing this. But I, I decided um, that I wasn't going to do the whole long 30 minute video. It was going to be a little note, um, little PowerPoint, um, so that they have the steps it was really easier for the the lower grades um to i mean we were doing um things was oh my goodness what was my topic for grade well grade 10s they were doing their job shadowing and doing job shadowing presentations so that was quite easy to get the presentations from them but like things like reflections and which was quite easier um Mm -hmm. I just gave them a PowerPoint on how to write a reflection, send it off, and then, yeah, they submitted it on Teams. I like Teams because it, it gives us that a way of checking who has yeah. viewed and then who has submitted, when they've submitted, um, if they submit, that kind of thing. So that was quite nice. But I have struggled with metrics because it's really heavy laden on discussion, and I lost that discussion. Even with ORTs, it's so hard now. What are ORTs for the uninitiated? Oh, it's one, one research task. So the students get to choose between bio, LO, geography, or history, um, where they want to do a research task instead of other tasks. So that is like the entire content in that, or entire subject's work, or I guess, in, in that mm -hmm. one particular 
project. So that has been really, really tough to manage because sometimes a lot of my explanation is kind of lost in, or at least they, 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 they don't necessarily understand exactly what I'm trying to say. If I had a conversation with them, it would be a little bit better. But if they read something, they don't read everything. That's been really difficult. When you give feedback, normally face call a child over and say, this, especially with their literature reviews for their one research task. Yeah. And you can say, six, six, now it was taking like, you'd have to scan, you know, use notability. Then you'd have to scan their project. Then do that. Have you, have you received <laughs> it's like, it's about an hour per child conversation? Yeah. So it was, okay. yeah, it, it, the prep at the beginning, the, yeah. just getting yourself organized to operate in this way, it, it's time consuming. And what I also found was difficult is catering for all the different needs. So I had yeah. girls messaging me saying, I really don't understand. I can't follow a PowerPoint with, with learning a, a novel because the matric syllabus, yeah. we, we do the novel in term one. Please, can you send us WhatsApp voice notes? Just please, can you read it? Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk it through with us? So some of them really needed that, that, that kind of aspect to, to the learning, which is tricky because then again, it's data, even though it's a voice note and not a video, it's um, a lot of data. So generally everything has now become asynchronous. Yeah. Yeah. And Microsoft Teams has sort of become your de facto learner management system. Yes. Yes. I would say. Okay, your, your school didn't have a learner management system in operation before this. Well, I think we use, we use it admin, but I mean, that doesn't allow you to do any kind of teaching and monitor okay. your kids. Um, and, I mean, so, admin. before yeah. this, we were using Microsoft's, I mean, we've been a Microsoft school for five years now. So, yeah. okay. you know, the teams yeah. would have been set up and all of that. So we have been using that in, term, in terms of content management. And then I think it admin as in terms of administration. Uh, management mm-hmm. not all teachers though not all yeah. teachers yeah. <laughs> it really did yeah it kicked really? everybody onto the same page yeah. i think this yeah. whole experience yeah, yeah. okay uh, i want to play a quick game it is november 2019 yes okay i mean november okay. november it was a very lovely spring mm. yeah if you Except- could sp- if you could speak to yourself then what two pieces of advice would you give yourself in preparation for this coronavirus and the COVID-19 lockdown in terms of teaching? Don't panic. I think, I think I would have told myself to value the time that we spend with our kids more because you kind of take it for granted. And I mean, the main reason, you know, that we love being teachers is those interactions with our kids and all those different personalities and the challenges they pose. And like, that's something that's really, it's been hard for me to not have. So I think I would have told myself to just take that in more while I had the chance to, because now we don't. I probably would have started the tech kind of journey experimenting with different things earlier if I if I could have or I probably should have because again like I said we had the stuff we had the iPads we were Microsoft we were on Microsoft Teams um, I had never used a Microsoft form or quiz before lockdown mm. and if I found that if maybe if I was a bit more confident 
I could have been, I don't know, it wouldn't have been so frustrating for me at the beginning. And if I could also go back, what, it, what this has done for me in terms of my teaching is it's made, made it a lot more um, current affairs integrated, if, it make, if that makes sense. So what I found myself doing was if I needed to set a poetry task or if I needed to set a little comprehension or a listening task um, now on lockdown, Instead of going to the, the traditional kind of default, route, yeah. Yeah, default <laughs> texts that I would usually do, I, I would really try and integrate, okay, what is the latest, the, the president's speech, for example, use that, or find someone who's done a slam, uh, poetry slam on, on being on lockdown. And that has really opened up some nice things with the students. So if I could go back to, my, to myself in November, was also to get a bit more creative. I think what, what this has done for, for my teaching is, I think as teachers, you do get kind of stuck in a little bit of a comfort zone. And it's opened my eyes to how valuable just relevant current affairs can be in terms of the learning experience. Um, yeah, so those would, that, that's what I would do if I could go back. Catherine? Yeah. Um, I think I would have to train myself. And if I think about what I'm, what I'm struggling with now, I think that the principal thing that I'm struggling with now is um, the feedback from the, the, the pupils and the faith that I have to have that they've got it. That they've, yeah. they've, what I've taught them online, they've, they've processed, they're able to understand and can apply themselves. So I think if looking back, I think I would have done far more activities. An end of year would have been difficult, but the beginning of this year, teaching them a topic and had having the faith that they can go out to do it and that they can comprehend. But then I would, at least hopefully I would have had the time to see, are they able to do it? Whereas now it's like blind faith from the assignments that I've seen that they are managing to understand, but I don't know, maybe they're phoning each other. Maybe, you know, I don't know if they can individually do it. Um, I just have to have the faith and I, I would love to be able to be more confident in yeah, less feedback. I, I, I've realized how heavily I do rely a different little cues within a lesson um, I can pick out and maybe that just mm. comes with years of experience. You can see which child is lagging. You can see who's not mm. making any effort, um, and then you can step in straight away. Whereas now you, 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 it's such a, it's such a passive way of teaching. So, yeah. so school goes back. Okay. Now yeah. you've got your kids in front of you. What are you going to keep? from this last experience? What are you going to keep doing that you didn't do before? I actually had a nightmare about this the other night <laughs> where I didn't know how I was going to teach again. I'm serious. Yeah. That I would have to, have to engage with so many people again. So, it, yeah. I think I would keep the fact that I would have become conscious of my lesson objectives because I do think you lose that. Yeah. And if you know that time is precious and that you've got a limited amount of time to, to get through something, it makes the lesson so much more meaningful. Um, and I know we, we train to do this and we're supposed to be doing it and we've all done the lesson plans, etc. But as time progresses, it becomes a little bit more organic, yeah. your whole style, I think. Yeah. But what this has done for me, and it's what I hope to keep, is to focus the lesson objectives more you know, consciously. I think, I think for me, I mean, something that I've really enjoyed throughout this whole thing is that I don't feel like I'm teaching to test anymore. Whereas when you're in session yeah. in school, we are 100% teaching to test. 
um, you know, whether it's the matrix getting them to their finals or even in the younger grades, just getting them, this is what you need for your June exam, this is what you need for your November exam. And I felt, feel that that's, that pressure to teach content heavy, like CAPS is a very content heavy curriculum. And mm. I'm enjoying the fact that I don't feel like I'm teaching to test because, you know, we're not really sure, you know, it's doubtful that our June exams will, will happen. And so mm. I feel like there's a bit more freedom for me to explore a broader base and also deeper within the knowledge of, of our topics rather than just trying to get it done mm. in time for an exam. So I've enjoyed that. I don't know. I mean, the only way that we can carry that through after this, is, is in a curriculum change, but I've enjoyed feeling like I don't have to always just be focused on, on results and, and standardized testing and things like that. This, I did find, I, I got through the content really quickly. And it is, it's with that focus that you could, yeah, that you could be focused, you could tick off the list, you know, you go through the subject assessment guidelines and like, boom, 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 it's done. You know, that's easy, easy peasy. But then I didn't have the, I didn't have the discussions about genetic modification and I didn't have the, the, um, the ethical debates about um, genetic engineering. So that's what I say, like it's, it's give and take. So it's great. That it, I would definitely use this again if I need to get through a, con a, a, a amount of content that's really just factual um, and maybe I need to do that at the start of each topic maybe we can get through the syllabus far quicker by doing it mm. like this and then we can have the more interactive things for the debatable um, mm. topics but later Kim? that's exactly what, what what I was thinking as well is that um, again life orientation is not as as content driven but if I can get through that content in one quick video right at the beginning of a term or of a month or whatever get it out, let them go through it and then come back to class and then we can have kind of discussions because then at least the content is done. They do mm -hmm. have that, um, the knowledge allowing them a little bit more independence and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and trust them that they will do it. But then obviously coming back to class and where we can extend that discussion. So we take, we could take it a step further or not. So I would maybe even let the, the children kind of, almost set the tone for the class or the lesson for the day or whatever. I, I speak a lot to when I train with teachers about the fact that if we look at Bloom's taxonomy, that we spend too much time on the bottom two layers in classroom. In fact, I say we send the kids home to fail because we send yes. them home to do the homework where they've got to do the interpretation and the, the analysis. Interpretation, analyzing, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so, so we have to switch that, turn, turn, it, uh, turn it upside down kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. Thank, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for sharing your experiences. It's been really great from my side. And I think it's going to allow for a very rich podcast in terms of the nuances. I mean, we see so much cool. stuff in the media about what's happening, but actually you've been really honest and thank you very much. I do appreciate that. I'm sure you found that discussion as fascinating as I did. And I think there's a great deal that we need to learn and take away from what the teachers are saying. Key among them for me is that teachers need to be prepared to be as agile, as flexible and as innovative as they possibly can be. Because if they're able to do these things, then they're going to be able to meet the demands of what they need to be doing. I look forward to talking to you again in our next podcast. As usual, if you feel somebody would benefit by listening to this, please feel free to share it. And until next time, goodbye.